Yeah. <laughs> so, it's been a while. I know, man. We're back. It's good to be back with you, man. We I miss this. I miss uh, this. It's yeah, it honestly it's like, you know, I know both of us are so busy. Uh but trying to make time for this stuff is, I think, is really one. I, I really enjoy doing it, and two, um, I think this course is going to be really fun. But yeah, we're gonna have to like get back into the groove of things. It's gonna be fun. I know. I already feel it. I already feel yeah. it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I don't know about I, you. Yeah, man. Well, and this is the subject I think both of us are pretty, uh, uh, you know, into, and it definitely affects probably a lot of our day to day projects. And stuff I agree. Like that. I, I I should preface too that before we reveal it, you told me about <laughs> it, and I was like. Huh? And then as we dug into this, this could be the biggest, boldest, baddest course we do yet. There's a lot to unpackage, as it were. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus, I'm so sorry. Did you write that one down? No. <laughs> God, help me if I did. Uh, no, there's just, you know, it, 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 it's so broad. It's so hard to tackle. Um, and, and, and so I think it's going to be fun. We're really going to try to take this course and, and go A to Z on it. Um, and really touch on everything that we think, you know, through the lens of a designer will sort of engage with. Um, and we should say it's all about yeah. packaging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we haven't said the P word yet. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. It, it, you know, and, and within that, like, there's just, it's so dense. Um, and so, you know, and, and Nick and I don't claim to be an expert on every single tier and every sort of aspect of packaging. So what we're going to be bringing on, you know, lots of experts on this one. We have a consumer behaviorist, uh, consumer behavioral strategist coming on along with, you know, a couple other, uh, we're going to bring on a printer manufacturer, um, and also another designer that really specializes within this realm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you, the more you think about it, I'd love to know too, like if you are listening to this, like hopefully you're someone and a young designer that has been dying to get into packaging, uh, to a point, but maybe hasn't been given any of the advice or the expertise and the knowledge of where to start, why it's so important. And we're going to cover everything with this. I think, um, like I said earlier, you and I have been doing this for a long time. I, I can basically say I specialize more in packaging than just about almost anything else that I yeah. do. Um, yeah. And that just came from the craziest opportunity in my career to finally to do that and go from the 2d world, which is everything that's flat, including print, including digital, and now thinking about it three dimensionally. And how does this now become an object and a pro it's a product itself. We're going to dig so deep into this, but right. I mean, like you can yeah, almost consider I mean, the packaging a product of its own. It's so different than, and you know, I, I do a lot of packaging, but it's really focused around, you know, that, that food and beverage aspects, lots of beer labels and stuff like yeah. that. So I'm looking forward to just learning a lot more about the variety of different packaging and stuff, especially when you get into like the custom molding stuff that you have experience with. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. kind of really fun trying to like figure that part out um, just for myself. But yeah, I think, you know, if, if you're a designer and maybe you haven't done it, I will wager that like. Eventually, you're going to come across some form of package design, you know, mm -hmm. even if you like our logo, logo designer or whatever your specialty niche is. Ultimately, it's like these projects, you know, they're all kind of tied in within the same realm, especially when you. this is, again, through that lens of like freelance where, yeah. you, you know, likely you're going to take on some packaging product, uh, projects. Yeah. So I think this will be a good course to cover through that, like, you know, trajectory of your freelance designer 
Maybe you've done a couple, maybe not a ton, but there's, we're just going to take it A to Z through that lens. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of you out there. They also have been asked, do you do packaging after you've done a logo for a client? So the answer you want to obviously say is yes. And you want to know it, but like, I think what's great is too, I've noticed when a young designer, even like a student, I give a packaging project to them. It opens up like their entire creativity mind and you think mm-hmm. on such a different level now. Um, and so many of them have said, God, that now I, it, this and UI UX become the two things that people kind of really want to focus on as a career kind yeah. of direction, which I think there's, they've, they both have such an equal weight as far as having to be an expertise on them. Like, I don't think you can wing either one of them if you're just a, a flat 2D print yeah. designer. You yeah. got to get into the nitty gritty of uh, what what this this topic's going to be all about. Yeah. And I think you touched on a great point, you know, again, through that freelance uh, lens, it's like, especially something I do, if it's a brewery or something like, I like to be able to keep everything within my ecosystem of services. So yes. yeah, we'll take your brand, we'll develop your logo and your strategies. And then like, I want them to come back to work on beer labels and, and six packs and all these things that you know, I can now offer offer uh, having some understanding and doing it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's definitely beneficial, I think, to any designer, even if you're not necessarily doing packaging work now. Yeah, so we're warning you right now. <laughs> if you haven't done it and you do do it, it it's something you're going to – I think most designers do find it to be quite – even if they don't tend to do it all in the long run for uh, yeah. a lot of their clients. It's a great thing to add. You're going to enjoy it because it – makes you think a little bit differently and also too it's quite a checkpoint like when you have to put your art from 2d all of a sudden wrapping to three you start thinking totally differently as far as design aesthetics and branding and trade dresses and patterns and how the stripes you know I always love when I see someone trying something with like a lot of diagonals and they think it's going to look great and then they put it onto the dye line (laughs) or something and they're like holy crap this does not this didn't, it didn't work. Yeah. And so now you have to go back to the drawing boards and kind of figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Um, so I guess, you know, let's talk about really what is packaging design kind of at its core, right? Yeah. Um, and ultimately I think where it's essentially where like design meets function. And this is where it's going to differ from if you're doing logo work, branding work, you're really taking into like, you need a deeper understanding of marketing, and user experience, um, because packaging itself is really just at the end of the day, like it's promotional material that helps sell a product. Yeah. Um, and it's also like, it also serves as protection and and communicates information, all these other things. But at the end of the day, it's like, it's, it's more than just your sort of visual identity reflecting that brand. Yeah. And so when you start to encompass some of that, like your approach, usually it's going to be pretty different than how you'd start a logo or something like that. Yeah. So who said it like that packaging is theater. And like, when you Mm. think of packaging on on, on, unboxing videos that have become so popular, there's a reason for that. It's there's this, and Apple has mastered it to a point where you can't believe, you know, and again, it's like one of those things where if another client asks for a package as exclusive and, and, and uh, minimal as an iPhone box, you, I, I would, I can quit my job. You know what I mean? If I had a buck for every time, (laughs) but it's the, it's us giving them the education and the knowledge as to why it is so important for them. When you think of it as theater, I think another thing to think about too, is I always tell my clients this, you can't be there. Um, 
at the, tr- the, the transaction of every mm. sale for your product, but your mm-hmm. packaging can. So it mm-hmm. has to be this salesperson in a way that's per- helping the persuasion of them buying it over a competitor. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's so different, again, from that print and digital design. And, and, and not only do you need to have a good understanding of marketing, consumer behavior, user experience, promotional stuff, like mm-hmm. you also have to have, it's also really beneficial and you should have a really good understanding of materials yeah. and how the printing process works and like how color works, you know, how no white is ever going to be the same. You need to understand how to set up these files. Bringing in time management communication often I find is like way more prevalent in packaging because you're not working with just you and a client. It's oftentimes, well, you'll have the vendor printer that you need to, yeah, the vendor, the printer, all these sort of things all sort of work within the same ecosystem of one project. So it, it, there's a lot to like, when we say there's a lot to unpack, there really is, it's Mm -hmm. really dense. Um, and beyond that also, like it helps having, you know, industry legal requirements, understanding all these things, you know, if you're doing beer labels, you should know what the TTP requires on labels, these sort of things. Yeah. Um, good packaging itself. I mean, it can really make or break a product, right? It's like you kind of touch on, it's that critical piece to a product success. Um, and it's most often like it's that first introduction a customer has with the brand or the company. Um, Yeah. Think, and you know, you and I being so heavy into food and beverage, imagine, imagine a food or beverage product without the packaging. It is literally raw material. It is, there's nothing sexy about a, a, yeah. a glass of Coke or the liquid of Coke, but everything around it that, yeah. and think about all the advertising and the app design and the, the UI UX that's being done on it and the in-store displays and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's what Coca-Cola is. It's, it's almost like, it's almost that's first in some ways, the can, the bot, the glass. Think of the sure. iconic glass of that, you know? So if it, I think another cool thing to tell uh, our listeners is that if you are in any kind of situation of working in a, a, an agency or a small company and there is packaging happening within your art department, find a way to get involved to shadow someone who is a packaging designer. Because I know I learned that way. I learned from being just thrown oh, yeah. into the trenches with <laughs> an incredible packaging design team. And I went from doing flat 2D stuff to like in-store 3D displays that I got to see all over the all over the country. So like, you know, imagine that that opportunity you might have somewhere, get into it because that's the best way to learn. We're going to give you as much insight and like all the structure regarding how it's going to be and what I think you can get out of it. Um, but also I think any tip we give you here, again, falls under the entire design brand kind of like principles, right? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. all works. Yeah, absolutely. It's not exclusive um, to anything. And so <clears throat> just to keep pushing on really what packaging design is, I think it's important to really define the three the, tiers yes. Go or for the it. three levels, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, your fir- in the three levels being your primary, secondary, and tertiary. Mm-hmm. And The coolest word uh, ever. I, yeah, I, it, I'm always terrified to say it. You I say it like as much as you want because I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> Cut it up like crazy. It's the worst. Like, why can't it just, yeah. Tertiary. Anyway. Tertiary. It's like, whoosh, it's like Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I think within those three tiers, I think you'll probably, as especially the younger designers, um, you'll be focusing mostly through, like, the primary packaging. Yeah. Which primary packaging is essentially just the packaging that really most closely touches 
the product itself, right? Yeah. It's, or sometimes referred to as like retail pra- packaging, I've heard. Yeah. But the main function for your primary packaging is really like to protect the product, obviously, that's baseline. But then it's also to attract the customer. And I think this is, again, likely the idea in people's head when they think of packaging. It's the yeah. can of Coke, yep. right? It's the beer labels. It's the it's, vessel. The vessel. Exactly. Yeah. It's the vessel. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that's that's your primary. That's that's really the focus on attracting consumers um, on the shelf. It's meant to stand out. Then you have your secondary packaging. That's your next level, which mm-hmm. is focused a bit a bit more on protection and transportation in yeah. most cases, while also being still pretty brand forward. Um, yeah. I think a good example might be uh, your sort of, maybe it's the case of beer mm-hmm. and the cans inside the case of the primary, or maybe, you know, it's display stands, yeah. or maybe it's it's sort of shipping packaging. So if your primary primary packaging is like, again, the beer can, the secondary might be that 12 pack or something like that. You could but almost even say, you could almost even say the, the Starbucks sleeve or the coffee sleeve. Yeah. Right. Is kind yeah. of a secondary thing. And it's, a, and it's out of convenience. And it, maybe it's even in the convenience section of like, sure. well, it's keeping you from burning your hand. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> but again, it's the, it's who, who, who figured that out and said, well, the corrugated you know, mm-hmm. cardboard acts as an insulator and keeps it from being direct contact. So it's like, it's it's such an engineering uh, category all the way across. Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll be touching on that a lot. So I'm glad we're kind of breaking it down because you can look at almost anything and kind of break down what primary, secondary, and tertiary is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, there's overlap everywhere because, yes. you know, even with that beer example where it's like, yeah. okay, if, the, if that 12 pack case is the secondary, but it kind of is the primary because, again, it's interacting with the consumer. The yep. cans ne- aren't necessarily. So yeah. it's kind of taking place both there. So maybe the secondary packaging on that might be the actual like corrugated cardboard cases that those beer cases actually come on or something yep. like that. Yep. Um, we we and, should say secondary is also a secondary use too yeah, in a way. And yeah. we, and I'm sure this is going to come up a lot in our in our in our segments here because the your if anything you can do to help uh, eliminate uh, more material, uh, less waste with with packaging, uh, if a product or a box can become something after as a secondary use, amazing, right? Yeah, you see yeah. a lot of DIY people doing that with particular things but when a company puts it into their packaging you got to remember that's not costing extra on the budget but what it's doing is it's preventing someone from throwing that away making it waste and then they're using it for some other need throughout their home yeah absolutely um and then finally that that third level and likely stuff that maybe you won't be focusing on a ton you know Mm -hmm. especially as like a, a visual or a print designer yeah um is your tertiary and that really focuses mostly on that that protection and transportation. So, like less of the brand visual design. Uh, this is usually packaging that you won't that you'll see in a warehouse, yep. shipping yards, um, pallets, stuff like that. And it's not really seen by consumers. So therefore, like I mean, I, I realize it can be, but like ultimately, yeah. it's like that's not going to necessarily be on the shelf. Maybe if you're at Costco or something. But I was just going to say, and the the idea of what Costco has done, like my next job yeah. I have to do once we sign off today, is a bunch <laughs> of PDQ cartons that are going to be in Costco, but they have to be branded, and yeah. I think that's cool because. Think of when you walk down the aisle, specifically in like the snack area, whatever. Look yeah. at what a pouch of cereal or something or or some protein bars comes in. What's called a PDQ, which is the the smaller thing that 
each one is kind of in and then it's stacked on a palette. It can't just be corrugate anymore. It has to be, yeah. it's like four color litho mount right on there and beautifully done with gloss and everything. So mm-hmm. sometimes you do, we will touch that. And I think it's very yeah. Yeah. rare sometimes, uh, but uh, be, be with warehouse stores and even targets and, and Walmart's kind of following in that lead too. It, yeah. There's a lot more demand for it more than ever now, you know? Oh yeah. Well, and, and what, you know, and this is where, again, this, this subject can get so dense. I know when you start to get into those like shipping aspects and, and really where the focus is yes on brand, but also more importantly, like on delivery, like how to make sure their product is protected. Yeah. That's where you get some, like you, you're going to, if you are doing that kind of work, likely you probably won't be engineering that. Aspect no. Of things. And don't ever think you can do, <laughs> you can wing that go to the, there's a, the engineers that do box kind of, uh, engineering for particular yeah. on this, this area let them never be responsible for something that's going to be required to keep something safe. Yeah. Leave it to the experts, take their dye line and make it beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, But like I said, I think for the most part throughout this course, we'll probably be focusing more on the primary, a little bit of secondary packaging stuff. The stuff that really engages with the consumers first. Cool. How to sell products. Yeah. Cool. Off the shelf, how to make them stand up. Awesome. Yeah. So next up is our kinds of packaging. And there's (laughs) so many. And I'd say the most that we probably touch on a daily basis is kind of the first section, which you can almost categorize as two-dimensional or 2D, meaning like flat labels, flat stickers, things that can be applied to a particular bottle or container. So Mm. anything you see that is a sticker and a label, consider that packaging because, yes, that is just as simple to lay out as a a business card or something else that you're working on that's 2D, but you have to consider the wrap. You have to consider all that stuff, right? And yeah, I know, yeah. especially on like a, on on cylinders and on beer cans and things like that or soda cans, you got to kind of understand where the cutoff is of information from the front view, right? What's going to be peaking from the side is like, I know sometimes you might have a UPC label that kind of hangs over mm-hmm. to the front and it's visible from the front. So it's those little nuances that you got to know when it comes to that. So always remember, even though it's 2D, make sure we're talking 3D, right? Oh, totally. I mean, especially with, even if it's not just a sticker label, like a, mm-hmm. a wrap or something where yes. it might take the form yeah. of something that isn't just, you know, a cylinder. Yep. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we can get into, we'll get into prototyping and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, Definitely, yeah, nothing's ever just flat for the most part yeah. in this world. <laughs> this could even be like, you know, be- they call them like belly bands. They're like those bands that maybe it's a box that um, has a gift set of stuff in it. And what they'll do is they'll make that box for every skew out there, but they'll change it based on the band that goes around it. So it's a flat, oh, I gotcha. long band, but it kind of wraps around the whole box in it. Yeah. And yeah, it glue yeah. flaps on the back. And that way, this one will say five piece gift set of blank or whatever. So yeah. there's cost efficiencies. I, I think that should be something we got to maybe make a note of to kind of bring on board oh, too, yeah. is this idea that a lot of times you make the vessel for the entire line of stuff if there's like nine varieties, but then you do a sticker or a label change that makes it specific to the individual flavor. So there's ways you as the designer can be more uh, cost effective for your, your client. So we should, yeah. we'll make a note of that for sure. Yeah, next episode, I think we'll dig into like the process and how we mm-hmm. both approach that sort of thing and Good. the questions you need to ask and the foresight and stuff. Awesome. Like that. Cool. 
So this next area, this is kind of where it becomes starting 3D, and that's everything from backer cards to clamshells. Clamshells are when you see a card that maybe hangs from a J-hook, and there's a plastic clamshell holding the product on it. They're header cards. Those are those folded pieces that are at the top of like a poly bag. So there's, you name it, all those areas, considered packaging, not a full box yet, right? Mm -hmm. But it's kind of taking it from something that's super flat and you're actually now considering, and this is where I think we should talk about in the next section or just hint at the die lines and the the things that you're going to be getting from your vendors. So they all change with each one of these. So they get a little more complicated from stickers to these backer cards and clamshells and then into this third section, which is the funnest part for me. I, I think this is the <laughs> anything that's a three-dimensional box structure sure. holding content. So you got everything from the glam boxes, meaning like let's talk about anything that holds even a, think of like a typical snack mix or crackers at a store, mm-hmm. uh, all the way to shoes, to apparel, to appliances, to electronics. Um, yeah. Boxes. I mean, you have displays, so, right? Like yeah. I'm like thinking display shippers where it's yep. like, there it goes in and out. There's front, back, and then there's cubbies, and yep. then like I mean, those sort of things. It's it's re- I do enjoy it too. It's like a puzzle, you oh, know. Especially when you're like designing, dude. like yeah. seeing one of those chippers, like a bread chip or something, like laid out. Yeah, looks like chaos. I, I gotta. <laughs> I think. Oh, we should say too that when Jordan and I were talking about this, we realized this is not the funnest topic to talk about in an audio <laughs> podcast because it, it's so visual, right? So yeah. we're thinking of making some uh, visual PDF uh, companions to these episodes. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I, I got to tell you, there's one thing I got to sh- I got to drop in there. And years ago, I had to do a <laughs> floor display for for Marvel Comics, Marvel um, Avengers, something. Uh, all the SKUs that would go into it, and there were 72 different kinds of SKUs that had to fit oh on this thing. <laughs> so straws and keychains and this box and then these action figures. I have never. I mean, math ain't my skill, baby. I, I'll be the first <laughs> to admit it. But damn, when we sent those final files to like the manufacturer and they had a, they're like, "Are you sure these are the the measurements for that keychain?" I'm like. Yes. <laughs> Dude, 100%. so some complicated stuff and it's but man does it teach you everything about this world of packaging and yeah like I'm glad you brought it up because this whole idea of shippers and displays next time you are in Target, perfect place to look through listeners. Yeah. Look at everything that's hanging from the ceiling, look at the things that even their little sections were like there's the Keurig coffee makers. They have this beautiful display. All, yeah. It might look. End caps, things like that. Yeah. On the end of aisles. Yeah. All this, or, yeah. And it might look permanent. It might look metal. It might look wood. 90% of the time, it's all printed corrugate and it's yep. display and packaging to look beautiful. So like, I love that this area is becoming one of the funnest areas to work in when it comes to being a packaging and a 3D designer, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So much good stuff there. So you got all that areas. You got boxes, corrugates, the shippers. You know, there's the non-sexy stuff. There's the stuff that's like um, (laughs) on corrugate. But but Amazon, companies like them, are making – what are they called? The uh, subscription boxes. Mm -hmm. Those are a great thing to kind of – they're blurring the lines. You know, they sometimes they're one color on corrugate, but – they're amazingly designed. And they I think, I think right? you're touching on something really interesting because mm-hmm. that's 100% true, especially when the market and the average consumer, consumers 
you know, getting most stuff from the internet. Yes. Well, it's like, okay, so your website is maybe your primary packaging, what that is. But really, it's like the experience all lies in that shipper and in the package that you get at your door. Yeah. And that's where the experience really hits home. So I think it's becoming more and more, you know, prevalent. uh, And I assume that if that's the case, you know, then there's going to be more and more projects based around that kind of work. Because it has to reinforce the purchase that you just made. Like exactly, you you know, you're anytime I've ordered something online that was like the product was just speaking to me. You almost now expect the packaging product part yeah. of it. It can't just come in, you know, the corgate thing with some with some bubble wrap. It has yeah. to, you know, and then how they're. Remember we were talking about it has to be theatrical in a way. It's like theater. You open the first flap and it's like thanks for your purchase. Then you open it again and it's like you're about to experience, you know, something and it's. Taking you on a bit of a ride. So even with a very low budget, you can still do something really, really neat if you design it well. And and 100%. This Mm -hmm. is, you know, getting back to that experience. And you'll see this in luxury products mostly. Mm -hmm. And maybe we're getting ahead. But but a good example is Apple, right? Like, it's all about the reveal. Yes. Meaning you don't just cut the packaging tape opening up and then there's your phone. It's like you have this beautiful box, right? That people just keep because it's so it's so nice. Like the quality's there, right? They spot glass. I've got all boss, nine like, of mine in. <laughs> and then you lift the lid, right? Exactly. Yeah. Too. You lift the lid mm-hmm. and it, then it's like another box, just a simple word, right? And then you lift that and like, then there's some uh, stickers, some brand stuff. You lift that and then you're starting to get to like you're going in four or five different layers before you even hit the product yeah and that itself it's like the experience within that is memorable i mean it just makes the brand equity skyrocket it's awesome like that 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 experience yeah i think is kind of and and you're right where like it apple yeah that probably cost them a lot of money but oh that box but i'm saying like you can you can take that same idea get inspired by it yeah, exactly. Again, yeah. think about reveal. Think about like you don't just want to open a box and it's just kind of in there. One think of, about how someone opens. I mean, you look at YouTube, like people, millions of people watch unpacking videos. Like exactly. that's a thing. Like people yeah. care about that sort of stuff. I know. So if you can bring that into your fold as a designer, I think that'll be huge. I, I think every listener can imagine when they opened up, let's say, the Apple box or something else, even the Amazon um, Echo I remember buying that. They've been very heavily, and every tech company is heavily inspired by what Apple kind of set as the standard. But think yeah. about when they, something like even the cord is wrapped in that paper little mm. insert. And the way it, there's no instructions on it, yet you as the user know that, oh, well, this tab's the first one I see. So that's probably the one I open up. Yep. yep. That, and then yep. it breaks open and everything comes off without tearing. <laughs> like that's packaging engineering like to its finest i yeah i marvel at what apple does with stuff like that and so it's unreal you know? yeah yeah good good uh maybe we need to get an apple designer to join <laughs> in on this let's let's start knocking on doors buddy <laughs> if anybody um, has well if they've been if they've here in this they'll know if we yeah, have them or not <laughs> look <laughs> ahead uh so let's let's talk because we're starting to get into it now but like let's dig into really you know, what makes good packaging design. And yes. I think there's lots of levels within that, right? Yes. Um, but I think, you know, the first, for me, it boils down to four main things, right? Um, and within each section, it can be, you know, pretty dense. But broadly speaking, I think 
the four things that really dictate a good package yes. design is number one, attraction, mm-hmm. right? Number two is the brand, how effectively the packaging conveys that brand. Uh, the third would be like information, yep. how well it communicates that necessary uh, and relevant information, uh, and then the utility of it. Mm-hmm. So let's break that down maybe a little bit more even, right? So like the attraction, yeah. I think this is, again, like how your packaging entices the consumer to take a notice. Um, and I think, and maybe this is just my personal opinion, but when it comes to retail packaging, the attraction is probably carrying the most weight. Oh, God, by far. Yeah. I mean, I'm not looking at it going, oh, that didn't really meet my utility standards, so <laughs> I'm not going to buy it. <laughs> but, yeah, I think but, the utility is more like that But if you see a, a, a full-on piece being you know, dog-eared off or something because of the, the design was off, that could yeah. hurt you. But I totally agree. I think attraction is that number one thing. It's love at first sight with these packages, dude. Like, I mean, like, yeah. Um, Again, that's your first introduction, right? My to God, the like, I, and I think also too, and I, I, I have a few clients that are in this zone of they live and breathe for the um, approval of one or two people, and those are the buyers at the place that they're trying to get in. Particularly, like, let's call it like a Whole Foods. Them trying to get uh-huh. in there. And this attraction thing, this thing about standing out um, is even hitting that market too, where you think just a few years ago, it was cool to look mom and pop in your packaging and not be the most attractive looking packaging, right? That yeah. said, it was homemade or it was from Bob and Cindy's garage and they made granola. You know, it, it looked that, it looked that, that way, but you can't yeah. play there anymore. And even, in worlds like Whole Foods and a lot of natural foods businesses, they have to have super attractive, super clean, because uh, they're playing in the big leagues now, and there's yeah. it hasn't there's no separation of that anymore. So, I'm I really tend to like uh, appreciate when I see something that I think the first area we're going to talk about is this: how do you stand out? Like, are yeah. you so like when you're doing something and you know what the brand is and you're attacking the packaging from the first thing. How, how do you manage to stand out? What's your first, cause I have a few notes. I'm curious to know what you do to yeah, stand out. I mean, it, it's almost a loaded question, right? Because mm-hmm. I think it, it, it really, it, it's all subjective to what the product is, what the oh, market, of course. where it's being sold, how it's being sold. Let's, right? let's just say we've gone through our branding, you know, exercises <laughs> and discovery <laughs> and you and I both have the list of, you know, what we have to do. We know what yeah. our, we know our goals now with this packaging. Sure. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm always going to try to figure out really uh, uh, what people are not doing, and then yes. try to figure that into the brand. But ultimately, like packaging should always be a reflection of the brand, yes. and the product itself, right? Like good again, good pra- uh, packaging does that, and especially when you're talking about attraction. Like again, this is your introduction to a potential consumer. Yeah. First impressions are every first impressions are everything. Um, so. And you also think like you're on a crowded shelf. What's the, uh, yeah, what's the competition doing? A hundred percent, right? Like what is, how are you standing out? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, like consumer behavior is a big component of this because consumers largely judge a book by its cover, like yeah. you're saying. Yeah. And while, you know, the total value of your product isn't necessarily determined within the presentation, um, I think this is the first chance and potentially only chance you have to win over that customer. Yeah. So it's about standing yeah. out. I mean, yeah. I, for me, whatever, you know, if we're talking about attraction and how I approach it, it's how am I going to stand out in the crowded shelf? Yeah. You need to make your brand that consumers like signpost to the category. So just covering the shelf 
and shouting loud with bold colors and deep contrasts. I'm not sure that'll necessarily no. cut it. And it right? doesn't you need mean, a point of yeah. yeah. You need a point of like orientation on the package that draws that shopper's eye in and communicates like that essence essence of interest, right? You need yeah. to like tap into people's subconscious. So traction is just about like that that sort of like dance with the consumer a little bit and how, how exactly you to look at you first and pick you up first. Yeah, um, and it's it's almost interesting. You can't just it doesn't give you the freedom to say let's just you know cover it in green neon to stand yeah. out, but yeah. it has to you know let's always keep in mind we have our our pillars of discovery and everything that we've established this brand has to be. So I think a, maybe a, a tip would be like, I always take pictures of where it's going to be on the shelf. I know you do the yes. same thing. Like you get a nice oh, yeah. kind of section of the market <laughs> of where it's going to be. And I start looking at what other brands are doing. Where's their logo? What's the main focal point? Is mm -hmm. there a black, you know, trade dress at the bottom that is the signature to that brand? Well, guess what? I'm not going to do that. Is yeah. there a brush stroke that's on every single one of theirs? Well, I'm not going to do that. So like yeah. you kind of almost start with a what am I not going to do? Oh, yeah. I mean, right? I, I will what's left. always go to the store for And again, this is assuming it's going to be a retail food and beverage likely product. Um, yes. I'm going to go to that shelf and I'm going to take a bunch of photos and like you're on the say it's chips. Like, well, everyone's using yellow. Like, yeah, well, maybe I'm going to start with just not going that direction, whatever yeah. that is like. And, or there's always like a pattern of how it looks, right? So maybe I just want to break that a little bit. I want to figure out how to stand out on the chaos of just information that the consumer has to deal with in process. Yeah. Um, and again, when you're talking about attraction, I think the uh, the biggest component is is consumer behavior, and we will get into this throughout this course. But you know, you're having an understanding is going to help really direct and give you parameters of mm -hmm. choice and, and guidelines. Um, because consumers are really fickle and they're changing and their behavior changes. And just having that understanding, I think, is going to set you way ahead of, of the bar. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, and the, the strongest packaging, I think, can figure out a way to tap into those like sensory cues that make people, you know, look into something right? Mm -hmm. like, that, that makes us interested, that sparks our attention. Yes. And that generates like emotion and action before they like have logic and reason, right? They mm -hmm. just pick something up because it's pretty and it, you know, we're all goldfish, but like, yeah, it, it has to evoke that emotion. That's exactly yeah. it. If you you're, capitalize on that emotion, if your keywords are fun, energetic, spontaneous, yeah. whatever, so does your branding. So does your packaging have to have that? Yes. If it's nostalgic and classic and, and, and established, I remember having one company that they were in the uh, pain relief. They were like a Tylenol company. And I remember him even saying the packaging has to look like it's been there for 15 years. And I was like, mm. I fought him so hard. And then I was like, damn it. Yeah. He was 100% right. I was yeah. like, because I wanted to do what this was years ago. And I kind of wanted to do what I thought it needed to be. Yes. And it's so true. You, you might have, that might be the case. And if no one else is doing that and it kind of plays into that world and looks like it's been established. He didn't want people to go, oh, that's a new brand, because he knew the statistics were people wouldn't trust a new medical brand as Ooh. much as they did now. It See, had to look established. That's a really, really interesting yeah. point. It was the first time I used like a really bad italic that I never wanted to use again. <laughs> but it looked, it, it was, you know, in that zone. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. But that, you know, and, and how, how it can, it's, it, again, it's all subjective of like, well, that makes sense for a medical, right? But then you get into like the beer side or 
the the snack food side it's like well people love new stuff what's the newest thing yeah so this is yeah. where like the rules really do apply to the context of which the product actually lives and, and what it is exactly exactly um so there isn't just blanket rules but again if we're talking about these four things on what we think you know makes a good packaging design yeah attraction is 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 paramount it's, it's at the top for both of us yeah um and then which the next thing for me would be the brand impact right like again how effectively that packaging is conveying the brand because i do think unless you're sort of chiseled in or like you know people know who you are mm -hmm. oftentimes people are going to look at what the product is and those are you know those enticing factors of the design before they're going to notice who is it by yes um you know but branding is also it's crucial to like get that second buy, right? Is, are so you saying like, like it's it's all about like maybe the perception? Yeah, well, it I'm saying like if attraction, what if you, attraction yeah. is the spark, yeah, the brand is the connection, right? Yes. Yeah. So it should convey that clear impression of the company, which in turn creates that credibility. Yes. So like the consistent impression you create for your company is what makes consumers recognize and remember your product. So I think attraction is about like enticing them to grab it. But the branding, again, this is putting, making sure the branding is cohesive and, and easily processed. Uh -huh. That's going to help their remembrance and that's going to help them buy it again. Yeah, the average but consumer I, knows the difference, I think, sometimes by, um, let's say they have a coupon and let's say there's a shelf talker yeah. and then the, the box is there as well. If all that's cohesive to the branding and, and it looks legit, a consumer might go, not even question the rel the relevancy of that brand. They, yeah. you know, I always love it when a, a you're with friends or family and someone's at a store or whatever, and they're like, "Oh, this this can't be a one off place. This is this is branded. This is," like, mm -hmm. and I'm like, "Listen to you, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, the little yeah. brand well, expert." But it's true. Yeah, same and idea. A good indication of this is like your sort of uh, store brands versus you know, oh like yeah, how everyday look, I don't brands. Think people yeah. are buying the exactly how the private labels. Buying those, yes, yeah, the private labels. Yeah. Thank you. But people aren't buying those because they're branded. I think they're buying them one because the price is there, Value. two because they look great. Still, like that's the the difference is they're they're subcategorizing like they're going for attraction over branding because the branding isn't crucial to them selling. Exactly. Really. No one's like I love private label because it's better. No, they're just oh they're gosh. valued differently. Yeah. But also, I think they're becoming more relevant because the packaging on those look great. They're if looking not, as good as anything if, else, if not better. Uh, we we talked to a guy that works specifically at an agency. That's uh, that's all they do is yeah. the private labels of the brands. And to give anybody an example, if they don't know what we're talking about, think of the up and up brand at Target, or now they have a new mm. one that I, uh, it's even they, it's even a lower tier than that. But it's, yeah. the, it's the brand Kroger's like, like Kroger, selection. exactly, yeah. that have their own brand. And now what's interesting, he brought up a great point, was that you almost have free reign to do something unique and cool because it's not the shareholders of a particular brand yeah. keeping you from like, oh, don't go that far. And yeah. and Yet they still have to look value-based. They still have to look efficient. Um, another one that Target just did is called Everspring, I believe. And it's their version of all clean, eco-friendly, non-chemical, yeah. non-toxic cleaners and things. And it's yeah. absolutely beautiful. And it's so yeah. simple and clean and everything. But I think that's a great point to bring up because even that area has to be now special. And it can't yeah. look... Uh, uh, you know, plain wrap was what they used to call those things back in the day because <laughs> they they didn't they, they wanted one color. It just yeah. said window cleaner, twelve ounces. That was it. <laughs> like you yeah. know, nothing yeah. else. And now we we're demanding more. So yeah, this branding that's what we talk has about, to be there you know, as well. That attraction versus branding. Where, yes, 
And the example being like they're going for attraction over branding, though branding is important, but they're not relying on their the actual brand of the company. They're relying on the attraction. So exactly. Um, but, you know, where branding again is, is kind of crucial. It's it's that how consumers remember your mm-hmm. product and buy it again. Yes. To have that a good experience. Yeah. Or uh, there's a really good I can't remember his name, but they, they call it like the five year old test where if you want to sit in your car and send you know, your kid into the store, maybe not five, maybe like, yeah, but like, yeah. <laughs> go get me, you know, Coca-Cola. You can just describe the packaging. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a red can with, you know, see a white lettering. You'll see whatever it is like that. That cohesion makes sense to the overall brand. And I think therefore, like there's strength in having a oh, good brand, obviously. Man, think think back to when you were five or six years old. And if, and if you're a graphic designer right now, I think we all can say this, but like you, I remembered packaging from toys that I got when I was a kid. Like yeah. I remember logos of the the toy companies and the things and like those became so recognizable to us. Yeah. And it, and boy that was were we the target audience. They know exactly, <laughs> you know, and then there's the whole thing about where brands live on shelves in retail environments and what height they're at based on yeah. the eye level of who the consumer is and all that. So the consistency, that impact they make, are they talking to you the right way? Yeah, I mean it's everything we talked about in branding, and even more so because it's that you, it's the repeat. It's the you can make the decision to to change brands every time mm-hmm. you go shopping. So if they got you for more than two or three times, the branding in the packaging has done its job. You know? Yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, so we have attraction, we have branding. Yes, uh, I think the next one would be the information. Yeah, right? and this is how well the packaging communicates the necessary information. And I think when I say this is the hardest part, yeah, because what is necessary information? And for me, like it, it can be so many things, but like things like, you know, your packaging should tell the user everything they need and want to know effectively, right? Like what the product is for. Yep. Who's it designed for? Right. Like who designed it? Like, what do you use it for? Uh, uh, where is it made? What is like the product supposed to be? Like, how is it supposed to be used? Why do I need it? Will it improve the quality of my life? You know, why should I spend money yeah. on this product? So that information, yeah, maybe some of that can be communicated through the brand and the attraction. But ultimately, you know, packaging has information on it. And I think good packaging displays that effectively. However oh, yeah. that is. Yeah. Which is through the design, which is through, you know, understanding, obviously, print design, hierarchy, all that stuff. But just, again, how well you're communicating the information of the product to the consumer quickly. And that's the hardest part. It is the hardest part because you'll find, and I'm sure uh, if anyone's out there going to doing this for the first time, and I'm sure you can vouch for this, the client wants a novel on the front. And then they say, but I want the Apple box. And you're like, Apple doesn't have one word on there, you (laughs) idiot. Like, you know, you're like, come on. So how do you strip it down? Yeah, it, it's true, you know? and, and and this is really understanding really what that packaging is for, what it's going to be, where you can put other things, a hierarchy, because, I, you know, you want the who, what, where, when, and why, you want the point of view of the brand, you want the brand's hero story in there, and then also, when you're talking information, you have the facts, the legal requirements mm-hmm. needed for that packaging, which the government warnings, yes. even the UPC, all these things that you're going to have to have on there. Where are they going to go? How are they going to be displayed? Yeah, right? yeah. So, I always try to think of it as 
it's the ultimate infographic. It's those, it's how you are, you're taking all the things you know about design, you're laying yeah. it out. You, the whole thing too is a lot of times what I find is when you have a very overcomplicated product, the goal is to make it, you know, and everybody involved, it wants to make it sound more simple. So there's yes. those steps by saying easy as one, two, three, or highlighting just two or three of the things on the front that are the main thing. And sometimes yeah. it's hard to get the client to, um, prioritize what's the most important thing, what's yeah. secondary, what could be on the back, what could be on the inside, right? Because yeah. there's inserts and there's directions and also and like stuff. what isn't always necessary. Again, mm -hmm. you know, the, it's it's oftentimes, especially in my case, like I find it takes educating the client. Like you can't just put in their head they see Apple, but you know, they're they they obviously like they have a list of things that they need on there or they want on there yeah. and like it takes you to help them understand like the hierarchy of packaging this is where if you have some idea of consumer behavior you can start to you know educate them on how mm -hmm. people buy a certain thing they're not going to buy a label that's just filled with information they don't need to necessarily see a paragraph of who they are why they are but it maybe there's different ways you can approach that or inject that sort of thing but it really is trying to tie in all this information in a way that will still work within the attraction side of things. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's like the physical words of branding, I guess <laughs> the information to an extent, and then beyond like the legal requirements and, and things you have to have on packaging. But like, how do you, how do you tell what the product is without just putting a paragraph on that? Right. Is it yeah. photos? Is it through whatever that is? You know what? One of my biggest uh, challenges specifically on food stuff, um, is the balance between information and the art. Mm. So yeah. like, let's say for particular, it needs to have, and let's say the, the product is sexy and it's, it's the best looking granola bar you've ever seen. And it has to take up space on that front piece. Yep. Now you've, you've taken a lot of real estate away. Yeah. So how are you making sure you have the balance of the information and that, so like it is yeah. such a um, balancing act for sure. I think yeah. you and I already talked, we're going to share some stuff in, in the uh, upcoming episode, but how we blueprint, how we wireframe packaging, you know, yeah. and we'll figure that out. So, um, yeah. but that's a, yeah. it's important thing to say there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so the fourth, uh, aspect of what really makes good packaging is, uh, your utility, right? And good packaging is not necessarily, it doesn't only focus around visual marketing. It needs to also be practical, it needs to be functional to the consumer. This is a lot of where that experience comes in, right? Um, and this kind of this utility, this how functional does it add practical value to the product? Like this, this, this adds tremendous value. So yeah. we're dealing with like the actual shape, like the size, the functionality of the container. This isn't the label of wrap. This is more like the the mold of the product, right? This is this is something that. A good example, right, uh, uh, is the Heinz ketchup, right? When they went yeah. from those glass, thick glass bottles that never came out to the ones that stood capside down yep. and had like a uh, uh, the nozzle, the non-leak nozzles, like that that boosted their sales tremendously. Um, <laughs> and it was simply just changing the actual utility of that package. Mm -hmm. Revolutionary too. And don't right? forget, they built the whole thing on the previous bottle that you it was the anticipation of how slow it took for the ketchup to come out of the glass bottle right yeah that was yeah. that was their theme song <laughs> and the whole idea was like you hit, had to hit the they put a 57 right on the neck of the bottle and that's where you would hit it yeah. to get it out a little bit quicker 
But isn't that funny that they dropped all that because convenience and utility matter? Yeah, it's more functional. Yep. And there's value in yeah. that practicality. Isn't um, that cool? I love that. And I idea. think it's it's probably the most overlooked aspect of packaging design through younger uh, designers and also yeah. smaller businesses because you know it's it's can be really expensive. Mm -hmm. You know, choosing something standard like a standard clamshell or a jewelry box or whatever is definitely the most cost effective route, which um in my opinion you know there's there's loss for opportunity of innovation and attraction within it. like you can you can garner and increase that attraction value just by having a product on the shelf that isn't think of cereal boxes like imagine if one of those was just like different yeah you would just see it first right or even beer bottles they're uh -huh. all 22 label like 22 ounce beers well imagine if one just looked it was curved differently it was just molded differently yep you're gonna look at it first yeah exactly that's true so, yeah, yeah and so um but you know i and this is also for me personally, like I don't get a ton of experience and I assume a lot of younger designers don't because we're not, you know, if we're doing with working with a small business, I guess we're just like not always lucky enough to get a project that gives us a chance to like fully customize the packaging, right? Yeah. The client has yeah. the budget, is willing to invest in something like that, at least not in those earlier projects. It might even um, be just be your, the uh, lucky timing too, where you're at a yeah. big place that has the budget um, and there isn't a box made for it. Like in the years that I did toy design, every single box was 100% done from scratch. Yes. And we would sketch the idea, work with the engineer, um, which was so needed because a lot you of times too, to. the, the toy itself had to be packed a certain way and you didn't want to have anything kind of outside of the packaging that could be damaged in shipping. So you're mm -hmm. always thinking of that. But the coolest part was being able to see like a, a sketch come to life yeah. And turn into something that is wasn't from off the shelf, let's say. So like yeah. that's one way to look at it. And then the other side of this idea too is if you can save the client some money, let's say I know a lot of times someone comes and they might have a very small uh, quantity to launch this product. Maybe yeah. this is like a wallet or something cool that just needs to come in a really great box. It might be easy for you to find that off-the-shelf box that fits the dimensions, the client loves, they can buy it in a small quantity, and then you mm. you get the dye line from the vendor. We should probably talk a little bit about that at the end of this segment about yeah. just those are the, I think we- Yeah, we'll get into yeah, dye line. Yeah, we, yeah, we and all that. Whole episode on, and on your, your job is to kind of make it look amazing, and you've just saved them a ton of money by not, being, not having to go out and get something made from scratch, because the minute a dye yeah. has to be made, that is the blades that cuts that, and it's custom, and it's- Chances are it won't be used again, and that's why these places yeah. hold on to them forever. Um, that that becomes super expensive, and then what vendors will do is they'll basically um, add all that up. So if that die costs fifteen grand to make, that mm -hmm. gets put into the budget of the per unit cost. So sometimes watch Shark Tank. I think Shark Tank's a great example when you see they'll ask about someone's packaging. Uh, in the pitch and they'll and just as much as the product when they say can you bring the price down per unit on a product they will also ask about packaging as well because mm -hmm. yeah. that makes a huge look, look at cell phone case companies I bet you a million bucks the last case you bought the packaging costs more than the actual case <laughs> I believe that because there's like six that. components it's like the, yeah. the clamshell that slides in to the corrugate you know yeah. sleeve with the the J hook and the beautiful printing and the gold embossing yeah. that, that case probably costs about 17 cents and the, the, the packaging probably costs a buck 50 mm -hmm. and you're paying yeah. 29 99 for it. <laughs> well, and, and you know, and all, all this to really, to really 
dig into like when you start to think about the utility side of things and how things are functional and practical yeah. and how the shape of it and you get into custom molding like this is where and it, especially for me like I get a little bit out of my element like you need an engineer to help you really tackle those sort of things but ultimately you know I assume most people who haven't done that you know project yet or maybe just getting into packaging probably won't dig into that till later on yeah um but and I've done a couple and 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 honestly like the biggest learning curve for me was like understanding uh and being introduced to like the realities of manufacturing because before that i was mostly living in that digital realm of creating logos illustrations and then sort of branching out to like labels your stickers your wraps things that are pretty you know uh uh, just cut and dry Mm -hmm. um but you know again one of the hurdles for me with packaging is how it also introduced like that that new partner of an engineer um the printer manufacturing and just having yeah. an understanding of like how I can take these digital ideas into a real functional item. Like there's so many steps into that process, which we'll get into yeah. um, in the later episodes. But like that requires not only again, uh, an understanding of managing management skills, communication, all these things, but understanding the printing process, your limitations. Um, so it's, it's good to touch on this now because you know uh, the difference from, a lot of the, our listeners, I assume, are coming from identity branding work into packaging. I think it's going to rely on, like, when we talk about utility, how you take something from a 2D world into an actual finished product that sits on a shelf that's three-dimensional. Yeah. And then when you get into the utility aspects of something custom, like, you're bringing in a ton of information needed. And I think having some sort of engineering, understanding, printing, you know, all those sort of things are going to be... It, it, it seems overwhelming, but, like, there's just a lot to unpack with it. Yeah, and I, you know, the utility side. I'm glad, you know, I, as I'm looking at this now, I'm kind of thinking how much, how important that is. Like, I can't even rate these as far as what's more important and what's the least, because utility had so many times has been an issue where we thought something was going to stand properly and it looked great and it looked like it was yeah. perfectly done. And even the Asia factory confirmed that everything looked great, but then someone cheapened out on maybe a material and it kind of weighed forward and all of a sudden all yeah. of these pieces were falling over retail you know what happens the client has to repay yeah, they, for all that yeah you have to and then they probably like just get cut out have to right? buy it, like, and they have to buy it back then they have yeah. to prove themselves so again we Ugh. can't play the role of well i was just the designer and i think it's like really upon us to kind of make sure that we become more of the ringleader for everything and i I tend yeah. to when i when a new packaging job comes around like one of the things i love to tell the client is like I'm experienced enough to know I can be li- liaison with someone that you've probably mm-hmm. have know nothing about, which is your vendor or who's printing it. So the more of yeah. these things that we can bring uh, add our value, you know, add to the value and add to that thing that you can eventually put on the yeah. the estimate. Yeah, and it's also not to say, and this is something I've had to do, where it's you know, if it's a project and you want to still take it as a freelancer, but maybe mm-hmm. it's something that you haven't done, try to budget in you know, enough that you can get a contract or we can like yeah, hire yeah. on that engineer to help you. Right. Yep. Something. I mean, there, oftentimes the budget, especially if you're going to go with something custom, the budget's always going to be higher. Yes. The client's probably a bit larger. Right. Uh, so maybe you try to chisel out, you know, again, if you're not comfortable with this, bring it on a contractor who can yeah. help you through a B C D whatever that is. Yeah. There, there's um, plenty of them. And I, I have my go-to guy and maybe I'll even see if he's willing to kind of like 
put stuff out there, but it's sometimes yeah. if that's all you need and you just need a person that can take that, I ship him the product, I give him the requirements. He yeah. not only send, sends it back to me, but he sends it back to me with the prototype of the box. And then that way I can send it to the client and be like, how do yeah. we look? Are we yeah. online? And man, yeah. that is, that is a, such an added value, especially if you're not too familiar with it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. what to do, but you'll, at least you'll feel safe in that zone that you can kind of tackle information, design, branding, and all those practicality things. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're feeling comfortable with utility. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, you know, if not an engineer and maybe there's not the budget, like getting good with your local printer, wherever that's going to be printed. And again, we're going to dig into this pretty heavy later on, but just to touch on it, like I often rely on just, well, and especially when I first started, like the knowledge and experience of that printer manufacturer who can like, maybe it's not custom molded. Maybe the budget isn't big enough for mm-hmm. you to hire a contract, but like rely on them, you know? Yeah. Like I, here's what I want to do. What are the realities? What kind of materials? Maybe you can just dig into the materials and like, or the color process or spot glossing or embossing just others, foil stamping. Like they can help you, you know, weed through sort of these decisions and try to get as close to like that defined goal or whatever's in your head. Yeah. Cause they have the experience. They're going to make it essentially. Yep. Um, so rely on them too, as well. Good. Um, yeah. Yeah. What else? Cool, we, anything else we need to cover on this one that, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, there's so much, I, I think, I think this is a good start. You know, I, especially when we get right into the next episode is us just taking, a project, you know, from start to finish and, and, and digging into like our process. Yeah. And from there, we're going to we're going to bring in again a consumer behavior specialist. We're going to bring in an actual printer uh, and manufacturer who can help. You know, we're going to I have a ton of questions. Just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so throughout this course, I think we're going to dig into everything we've sort of briefed over on this episode uh, in a much deeper and process-driven discussion. Good. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this again and start pulling some of the maybe visuals of some of the stuff we mentioned. And that yes. way we can, you guys can probably just take a look at the PDF we're going to have with each episode and get yep. a visual from what we're talking about. I might even pull out some of the old archives of some of the, the, <laughs> the first pack. I, I, I have a packaging I, I had. To, there's a fun story I had to get to do on a Star Wars toy. And oh. it was had to be sent to our Asia office that night. And me and the project manager at the time had to rewrite the copy on the back. And yeah. we risked not sending it off for approval. And we had like four typos in the back of this thing. And it was oh, to this day, it just haunts me. So it's like little, maybe we, maybe we end uh, the last episode with like some like lessons learned thing and some really good horror stories. Cause I have so many, oh. especially with the typos. Like I've sent beer labels out there once that said instead of Portland, Oregon, it was Portland, <laughs> Oregon. No tea, man. Oh, bro. Dude, that makes my day and, because I think sometimes I think it's only me and I'm like, Oh God, no. Jordan did it too. All right. I feel better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's tough, man. It's a hard life. <laughs> Good. All right, man. Well, this does it for number one. So stay tuned for number two. I'm excited about this one, bro. I think it's going to be feels great. good to be back, man. It feels yes. good to be back. <laughs> Bye, guys. All right. See ya.